Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am super excited to hang out with you guys this morning. What a privilege it is, really, as discomforting as this whole experience has been for me over the last several weeks. Um, I've grown a lot, and I believe that God is growing the body of Christ in a massive way. I am super excited, not just because next week we're going to be hanging out, some of us, at church together, air high fives and all that other jazz, but because this Sunday, like this morning right now, I am convinced that God has a powerful, dynamic word for the body of Christ. And uh, to some people, he's calling you to him, and to some people, he's calling you to an awareness that there's so much more. And uh, man, powerful word this morning. I caught a prayer. I caught a prayer. I caught a prayer. Jesus, help. Amen. Cool. A couple weeks ago, we started this series, um, and one of the word of the Lord's that really I felt like was a burden for us is still something that is really impressed on my spirit, and that was the parable of the ten virgins and this reality that. Jesus is doing something globally, indefinitely in the U.S. right now. I feel like every, every part of anything is being shaken right now. And I believe that God is moving in a radical way right now. And the body of Christ needs to be ready for what God's about to do. And that's a matter of keeping oil in our lampstands and being ready for him. Uh, we said two weeks ago that uh, if you're going to pray and you're going to catch a prayer, then seek his face. Seek his face. Why? Because if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And many of us, when we pray, it's more of a hope. It's more of a message in a bottle floating out to sea, hoping that the Lord will hear and answer something. But if I am seeking, I have a focus, I have a desire, I have someone that I'm talking to, and um, that's important to me. Um. This camera thing has been a difficult experience for me over the last several weeks, and um, I realize that God calls us all to uncomfortable things. It's part of today's message, really recognizing that the call of God, for some, it would be super uncomfortable if God told you to share your faith, your faith with someone at the gas station. For me, uh, Going to the 1040 window and is, is, is not difficult for me. The most difficult thing in the world for me is social media, being on cameras. I feel like it, it, it touches every part of an insecurity in my life. And I don't know what it is that, that is uh, an issue in your life, but God is moving and trying to move in every area of your life. With that being said, two weeks ago we talked about when you pray, when you catch a prayer, Jesus said, before you start praying, I just want you to find a place where you can be alone. Go into your secret place, close the door, and your Father who sees you in secret will hear you and reward you openly. So the first tip I can give you about prayer is not necessarily even what you're going to say, but where you're going to say it. If you're doing it in a place where it's just casual and everything around you is moving, it's going to be hard for you to uh, focus your attention to seek God. Last week, uh, we said, let your words be few, right? Like, if you're going to pray, uh, you don't have to pray for hours. That's not it, man. It's about actually having faith with the word of the Lord that's coming out of you and believing that one thing. 
and praying it over and over and over again. I need you, God. I need you, God. I need you, God. I need you, God. I'm praying for healing. I'm believing for healing. I am releasing healing. God, heal. I don't know what it is, but let your words be few and pray them over and over again until your heart means it. I caught a prayer. Give me faith. Break my heart. You know, last week that was a big one, man. God, I want my heart to break for something that your heart breaks for. So as I'm focusing in on the Lord, I'm sensing who he is and what he desires and how he feels about what's going on amongst the nations or, or in my family or what's happening. And I want to be moved by what moves God. Okay? If God is broken for uh, friends or family, then I want to be broken. If God is broken for uh, the, 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 this racial thing that's going on in our country right now, then I want to be broken for it. And I, I want to be influenced by what influences God. Not necessarily by what influences everyone else but what influenced him. And so today, I'm going to teach you guys a new prayer. Actually, we're going to do two of them. But as we start off tonight, um, I'm radically challenged. Um, and also, I want to just do a disclaimer. I feel like today's message is so powerful that I am going to try to take the time limit off of what we're about to say. Um, I really want to see God, the word that God has come across today, and I don't know how many words it's going to take me to get to there, but as I set the stage, I, the, the, the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 8, there's this powerful word that Isaiah would say. And Isaiah's having this radical encounter with God where he sees God in this vision. And um, the Bible says in verse 8 that he hears the voice of God. Now, in other books, it's like it's a thunder, uh, the voice of the Lord. Man, that's just awesome to actually hear and see God in heaven. But hear, I hear the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? I just want to stop there before we even, some of us know the next part of this verse. It's crazy that God would ask that question, Right? And there is so much in my soul that wants to like jump up and say, I'll go, God. But there are so many parts inside of me that I know that has held back for so long. What is the limit to what we would do for God? If God said, it's your turn to preach next week, would you do it? If it's your turn to give to that person, would you do it? If it's your turn to apologize, would you do it? If it's your turn to go to the nations, would you go? If it's your turn to go to your boss, would you go? He says, who would go for me? And Isaiah jumped. He says, yes, Lord, here I am. Send me. That's my prayer. Here I am, Lord. Send me in as a church that is trying to raise up fully devoted followers of Jesus. That is my prayer. Here I am, Lord. Send me. I want to make a difference for Jesus in this life. I want to impact people. I want to, I want to reach people for Jesus. I, I, I want to make a difference eternally. Not just in this life, but in the next. I want to know that my life count and I spent it all on the things that matter most to God. If God's heart breaks, then I want to be a person that heals God's heart by fulfilling that which breaks his heart. God, let me be the answer to that which you're looking for. 
If God's saying, who will teach for me, then I want to teach. If God is saying, who will pray for me, then I want to pray. If God is saying, who will share their love, who will be generous, who, who, who will love their neighbor, who will pray for healing, then I want to be there. When God says, who will go for me, I want to go, Lord, here I am, send me. And when I think about like that scenario, I think about it like as in like an ambassador sense because that's what we are and that's what Paul called us. If I was an ambassador for Donald Trump and I'm going to another nation, I carry the same authority that he carries and I carry his word and I carry his message and I carry his wisdom and I am on behalf of him a representative. I want to be a representative for Jesus. But oftentimes where he calls us, it's in like these difficult scenarios that's hard for us. And that's why in my weakness, he is made strong. He's mostly going to call us to do things that we're not capable to do in our natural. He's going to put you in scenarios that is uncomfortable for you. For me, it's been this stupid camera right here. And many of you guys are like, oh, you do such a great job. Awesome. You would do such a great job as a teacher and you would do such a great job as, as a, a lover or generous or you, and the things that is difficult, you would do great too. It's hard to trust God in an area that's difficult for you. And I believe that God is calling us out onto a limb that's difficult for all of us. Who will go for me? Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, send me. That's my prayer, God. Would you use me to touch a dying world that's lost and going to hell if they don't have a savior. God is looking for some people right now that are wholeheartedly devoted to raising up warriors in the body of Christ that will minister and encourage and equip people. Would you go? Would you go? Well, when I think about the story, it's pretty cool because the same story that was in Isaiah, we actually find in the New Testament in the book of John. Jesus, uh, he actually, after he died on the cross and gave his life for us, he, and he was resurrected, he came and he met the, the apostles, the disciples, in the, in the book of John, chapter 20. And in verse 19, you got to check this out. He says, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And then suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Whew. Peace. Be with you, yeah, because they're freaked out of their mind. Wait, who is that? Jesus, and uh, and he said, and as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. Can you imagine how powerful of a moment this was? Yeah, you can touch it, guys. It's me, man. And uh, they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And in verse twenty-one, again, he said, "Peace be with you." And as the Father has sent me, so am I sending you. And then he breathed on them and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, then they are not forgiven. Like, I, first of all, like that verse, I feel like it should just be omitted. Like it doesn't even make sense to me. Like who am I? And I don't think we get it who we are. This level of authority that Jesus has actually bestowed upon us is much bigger than we want because we're a big deal. 
and we represent the authority and the power and the mantle of Jesus. When Jesus gave us his Holy Spirit and he breathed on his disciples, he wasn't giving him like Casper the friendly ghost. He was giving him the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the, the holiness spirit, the, the spirit of the Father, the, the spirit of Jesus. He, we believe as, as Protestants in, in the blessed Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one. And he, Jesus said, I am leaving, and when I, it's better for you that I go away because I want to give to you this gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Who will go for me? Here I am, Lord, send me. And Jesus says, I'm sending you. Before I leave, I need to give you something. Have you received the Holy Spirit? I don't know if you know, but today's kind of like a cool day. It's, it's a big day. It's, it's a holiday. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Wait, what? Uh, Pentecost Sunday. And in the scriptures, it's actually, this is the day that really pivoted the church. This is the day where the disciples went from dudes that had all kinds of issues to the day that God springboarded them to get past all their insecurities, and they were filled with an authority that was greater than themselves. This was the day where they went from just being people to being men and women of God, where they graduated from discipleship school. Let me check it out. You find it in the book of Acts, chapter 2. And on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of the disciples. And everyone present, everyone present, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Wow. First of all, I think it's pretty cool uh, to note something. We're going to come back to this here in just a minute. Did they get receive the Holy Spirit here in the book of Acts chapter 2 or did they receive it in John chapter 20? When Jesus breathed on them and he said, receive my spirit. Hmm. Well, what I think is pretty cool is that this day here is um, the, 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 the Pentecost. The Jews celebrated a, this as a day of a, of a holiday, a tradition. So this was a, a feast of weeks. It was a day of harvest for them. And it became a day of harvest in the church. But the Feast of Weeks was important because in the, 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 the way it worked is on uh, Jesus died the day before Passover. Well, let's rewind back to Israel, Old Testament, Moses' time. Uh, the lamb was sacrificed before Passover. And the people put the blood over their homes and it saved their household. Well, this would become a tradition where they would celebrate Passover for years and years and years. And Jesus was resurrected on the second day of Passover. He overcame death, hell, and the grave, and he gave victory back to the saints. He gave life to us all. We know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the resurrection and the life. He gave us victory over death. 
over sin, over shame. Jesus died before Passover and was resurrected. And they celebrated this now moving forward. Well, seven weeks later, they would celebrate a different tradition. And one of the things that the Israelites would do is they would drink milk, as this would be one of the things, because it would symbolize that they were all spiritual babes. And on the Feast of Weeks, it's the second um, harvest that they have. They have a first harvest on, on, on the day of Passover. And they have a, a, another one here. What's unique about it is this is the day that Moses gave them the law. Check this out. On, on the day of Pentecost, which is the Feast of Weeks, it's the day the law came to all God's people. I have two prayers I'm teaching you today. One is, here I am, Lord, send me. And the second one Holy Spirit, I need you. What's neat about when Moses passed down the law in Romans chapter 6, 7, 8, please research as much as you can. Study this thing. It'll get in you. It'll get you hungry. It'll get you craving for understanding. The Apostle Paul let us know that what ha- the problem with the law was it just really brought condemnation to God's people. The scripture says that it brought, the, the law brought sin and death to everyone. Everyone broke the law and everyone understood there was no way that they could possibly fulfill the law. And so on the same day that Moses brought the law, Jesus released the Spirit of God. And the law of the Spirit, Paul would teach, brings life and freedom and liberty. In, in, in the Spirit, there are fullness of joy. That where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. What's so wonderful about the Spirit is it frees us from the law. See, the Spirit of God is a seal of our inheritance. It tells me that I'm born again. When I receive the Spirit of Jesus, I know who I am in Christ. I am a Christian. I am free from the law. I am free from trying to fulfill the obligation. And here's what I'm realizing, the problem that's within the church today is many of us have received a measure of the Holy Spirit some time ago. But when we aren't full of God's Spirit, what happens is we allow the law to condemn us again. So when I say, here I am, send me, many of us feel condemnation because I don't go, Lord. I haven't gone in some time. And if I say, this is a great time for the church to pray, many people feel condemnation because I don't pray enough. But that's not what the Holy Spirit does. See, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, fulfilled in me what I could not do. I could not get right with God on my own. Jesus got right with the Father for me. And he gave me his Spirit so that I would be free of trying to be Jesus. The Spirit of Jesus lives in me. I am Christian not because of what I do, but because of who Jesus is in me. Today, I want you to understand that God wants to release in all of us a greater measure of the Spirit of Jesus in our lives. Let me show you. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, 
all of the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. All of them. And as we would move on here, in verse 38, Peter goes outside and begins to preach. And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the, by the Lord our God. And Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners Save yourselves from this crooked generation. And those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to that church that day about 3,000 in all. He said, if you repent of your sins, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I believe every one of us. First of all, the Apostle Paul would teach us later in scriptures that it is, uh, you can't even call on the name of the Lord without the Holy Spirit. So every one of us that knows that Jesus is Lord already has a measure of the Holy Spirit in our life. But what's important is that Jesus fills all of us. Many of us are going to have a hard time praying if we don't know the Holy Spirit. Many of us are going to have a hard time going for Jesus if we don't know the Holy Spirit. Let me show you. In Acts chapter 18, there's this story that I think is super duper powerful. In verse 24, it says, Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, uh, an, an eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures well and had arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. He had been taught the way of the Lord, and he taught others about Jesus with enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. And, and, and however, he knew only about John's baptism. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard his preaching boldly in the synagogue, they took him aside and explained the way of God even more adequately. So this guy, Apollos, is teaching people about Jesus. And he has a following. And people are listening to him. He's a good speaker. He's an eloquent speaker. He's doing great things for Jesus. And I believe that there are many of us that are doing great things for Jesus. We love the Lord. But we're missing a measure of Jesus in our life. This is in Scripture because it's a problem. Because you can have a portion of an understanding of God and not have all of it. I want the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to have its full way in our life. And for many of us, the Holy Spirit is a mystery in the church. The Holy Spirit is not a spirit. He's not a dove that comes down from heaven. He is a person. He is a person that lives within the temple of our lives. The Bible says that we are the temple of God. And the Spirit of God, He lives in you. Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away so that He would come to you. He is a person. He is the Spirit of Jesus, and He wants to live inside of us. Let me tell you something that I've learned. It's hard to pray when I don't pray in the Spirit. It's hard to live for Jesus when I'm not led by the Spirit. 
it's hard to live for Jesus because I feel condemned because I'm not good enough, I'm not doing this right, prayer seems boring when I'm not listening. But when I'm led by the Spirit, I'm following. I'm being taught, I'm being instructed, I am living for Jesus through the Spirit of Jesus living inside of me. In John chapter 20, the disciples received the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, they were filled with the Spirit. And Peter went outside and said, Receive Jesus and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 18, there was a guy that was teaching about Jesus, living for Jesus, and didn't know the third person in the Blessed Trinity. I wonder how many of us are living for Jesus and feel shame and condemnation because we're still living for Jesus under the law of Moses, under the Torah, under the law that brings shame and condemnation and death, according to the Apostle Paul. But if we have the law of the Spirit, it gives life. There's not condemnation because of how much you pray. In fact, there's just life because the ones that you prayed, you listened, you heard, and you did. And the Spirit may lead you to pray for 35 seconds. And he may lead you to pray for two hours. But what's neat is you'll know how to pray because he'll teach you. And so what happened here in Acts chapter 19, the very next chapter, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you not receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them? No. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. What then, what baptism did you receive, he asked. And they replied, well, the baptism of John, meaning I, I was water baptized and many of us have been. And I, I, but what I, I know is that there is more, there is more, there is more. If there is not freedom and liberty in Christ, then I'm not fully in Christ. And so what my goal is today is to make sure that shame and guilt and condemnation and death is removed from us as believers and we walk in the fullness and the love of God. That where God calls me to go, I'm empowered to be there. Because I walk in liberty and in the love of God. I have more than enough inside of me. My cup actually overflows because I'm full. And out of my belly will flow rivers of life. Not shame, not guilt, not condemnation. See, on Pentecost, there were Jews that day that were still living under condemnation. But then that day, there were believers that were filled with liberty and the love of God. I want to make sure today that you know that God, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore no condemnation. And I believe that you love Jesus. Then be filled. I am excited about Pentecost today because I believe that many of you, there's a call of God on your life right now to be filled with the love of God right on the couch that you're sitting on, in your PJs, with kids doing cartwheels all around you. 
Be filled with the love of God. Friend, you'll never be good enough to be a Christian. Jesus was good enough for us. He paid it all. And he's giving me a grace. And it's with that grace that I can love others who also don't deserve the love of God. So I have this prayer I want to teach you. One, here I am, Lord, send me. The next one, uh, John the Baptist prayed. And it's funny because John the Baptist was the one that was like baptizing people, telling people about the one that was to come. Many of us are living for Jesus as teachers, as moms, as managers, as laborers. We will continue to labor in guilt and shame if we are not filled with the Holy Spirit. And just because you were filled 10 months ago does not mean that you are full of God right now. The Apostle Paul says that I die daily to myself. One of the, 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 the requirements that Jesus said of being a disciple of Jesus is that you die to yourself and you carry the cross. So it's this prayer that John the Baptist prayed. Check this out. In John uh, chapter 3, verse 30, John said this. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. And he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. I caught a prayer. Jesus must become greater and greater, and I, Tim Broughton, must become less and less. Pray that with me. Jesus must become greater and greater, but I must become less and less. Because the hope that when I go to the store today is I'm hoping that people don't meet me, but they meet the authority and the freedom and the love of God in me. They meet the grace that I received when Jesus entered in and let me go of my sin and my shame. That I must become less and less. And Jesus becomes greater and greater. And Jesus becomes greater and greater because the spirit of Jesus lives in the temple of God inside of me. And he grows and he grows and he grows and he grows. And what I know is that what you, what you feed will grow and what you starve will die and what you feed will grow and what you starve will die and what you starve will die and what you'll feed will grow. But if I feed the spirit of God in my life, he will grow. But if I continue to feed the flesh inside my life, it will it will grow, and I don't want the flesh to grow. I want the Spirit of Jesus to grow inside of me. There's a call of God on your life to go. Long before you go, you've got to receive. Receive the Holy Spirit in a greater measure in your life. Be filled, not with what you need to do for Jesus. Here's what I know. When I'm living under the law, prayer looks like this. You must pray. When I'm living under the spirit of Jesus, I get to pray. When I'm living under the law, sharing my faith looks like you must go. When I'm living under the spirit of Jesus, I get to go. I get to share Jesus' love. When I'm living under the law, I must tithe. When I'm living under the spirit of Jesus, I get to give because I've received so much. When I'm living under the law, I have to forgive 
when I'm living under the spirit of Jesus, I get to give. I get to forgive. There's a difference between law that brings shame and the life that brings liberty. On the day of Pentecost, all the disciples were there. They were seeking the Lord and they were filled with the Spirit of God. Now in September, we're going to do a whole series on the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, and it's super cool. A couple of facts that you need to know about the Spirit of God. Uh, there is a lot of bad teachings. And so really, really quickly, I've got to make sure that you're aware. that The Spirit of Jesus doesn't equal speaking in tongues. <clears throat> Sorry. I don't know what AG you grew I mean, I don't know what denomination you grew up in, but that's not accurate. The Spirit of Jesus uh, comes into our life for multiple reasons. One, for salvation. Now, I have multiple verses, and in the notes today, I would encourage you to look through all of these things. Don't just listen to Pastor Tim. Study the Scriptures. But the Spirit of God is in our life as a seal of our salvation. First, you can't even declare that Jesus is Lord without the Spirit of God. Two, conviction. The thing that I worry about most in my life is not when I sin. Nope. I worry more when I'm not convicted when I sin. That's a bad day between me and the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, they called it Ichabod. Emmanuel is God with us. Ichabod is God just left. And that's a bad day when I'm not convicted because I do things that are stupid. I love conviction because that's the Holy Spirit saying, dude, you suck. But that means he's still with me. And that's a good thing. The next thing you need to know is the Holy Spirit is with us because he's a helper. The scripture says that he will send the help, that I will send the helper and he will teach you all things. He will lead you into all truth and he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is designed to be a friend in our life that will teach us, lead us, and guide us. Those are good things. And when those things aren't present, I am missing the person of the Holy Spirit in my everyday life. He equals the power of God because he is, Jesus operated in the deity of man, but flowed in the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that I have, which tells me the things that Jesus did, I can do. In fact, Jesus said that the things I do, you also will do, and you will do even more than these things because I go to the Father and I give you the Holy Spirit. Not my words, His words. Jesus is saying, you're going to do greater things than me. That is pretty cool. And I hang on to that word. That challenges me. And the last, the Holy Spirit will teach you how to pray. The Holy Spirit is a great intercessor. And Romans says that we don't even know how to pray as we should, but the Holy Spirit prays in us. And the way I look at it is, Lord, I go into my secret place. Rach, would you come? And I shut the door behind me and I ask the Lord, Lord, break my heart. Lord, what do you want to do in my life? And I feel a nudge to pray for something. And that nudge leads me, it guides me, and it teaches me. Today, I want you to know the leading of the Holy Spirit in fullness. 
There are gifts. There is power. There is conviction. There is salvation because Jesus left and gave us his Holy Spirit in fullness. Today, I want you to know freedom and liberty. Would you do me a favor? Would you close your eyes? Jesus, I'm praying for conviction right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. Some of you are not right with God and there's a lot of things that you're not flowing in in your life and the Holy Spirit is not condemning you. He's actually saying, you're not right. Follow me to truth, to salvation, to deliverance, to wholeness. Be filled. Let's get out of you all the yuck and be filled with purity, with holiness, with love. Today, if we'll confess our sins, then he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we'll repent, then we can be filled. Today, you know you're not right with God. You haven't obeyed the Holy Spirit. You've disobeyed. And today, the Holy Spirit is convicting you Will you get right? Right now, will you give your life to Jesus? There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus, today, I give my life to you. I give you my life. Less of me, more of you. Less of me, more of you. Would you give me your Holy Spirit. Would you pray? Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more
Rage, in just one second, will you sing the first verse? Um, just real chill. Um, I, I just want you to know, um, no one has to lay hands on you to receive the Holy Spirit. In the upper room, no one laid hands on the disciples. Nothing has to happen today other than we surrender ourselves and we wait on him. We look to God to say, God, you are the most beautiful thing happening inside of me. And when you're the Spirit of the Lord, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. I want that in my mind. There's depression. I'm fighting that. I'm moving that out. There's been guilt or hurt or uh, I'm not good enough or this feeling like I, I, I can't go or I'm not gifted. No, I push that away. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. The beautiful thing about all of this is that there is no right way that any of this has to happen. Today, on the day of Pentecost, I believe is a day where God moved in your life in a way that you were able to laugh and dream and have freedom again. Would you sing this with me? There's nothing worth more I could ever come close Nothing can compare You're our living hope Jesus Your Tasted and see of the sweetest of love, where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Speak that over you today. Your presence. Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit. I believe that there's a next level in the call of God on your life. And it starts with less of me and more of him. And it ends with, here I am, Lord, send me. Just let go and be filled. What I know is 
where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. There's grace. There's mercy. There's a new beginning. And I prophesy that over you today. I love you. And if you need prayer today in the chat right now, our team is wanting to pray with you. I love you, and I am stoked to see what's going to happen next week. Please join us again this Friday night for another powerful night of prayer. I believe that our next level is in Christ. I love you guys, and I can't wait to see you and air high-five you in Jesus' name. Peace out.